the ultimate form of happiness is using all of your abilities to their maximum power. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Virtue Signal. I'm Bill Whittle with my friend Alfonso Rachel, and uh, you probably know the drill by now. Uh, Zoe, I was out last week for my uh, epic road trip with uh, friends I hadn't seen in quite a long time, and the destination was the U.S. Air Force Museum, and we had, I don't know, seven people, I think, show up, just kind of on the spur of the moment to meet us there. And aside from the fact that the museum is amazing, the thing that struck me the most about the museum, now, I understand that this is a quality of museums to have old things in it. But I think the newest airplane that was present there is 20 years old. Mm. And the most impressive airplanes are 50 or 60 years old. Right. There's an aircraft called a B-70 Valkyria. Put a little picture of it here for you. Which does not look like it could possibly have been made by human hands. It's, mm. it's so enormous mm. and so beautiful. And it flies at three times the speed of sound. First flew in the early 60s. Mm. And this got me thinking about this idea of progress. Now, the progressives think that progress, of course, is how far off the cliffs of depravity we can march and how quickly. But when I was a kid, progress meant going faster, higher, further, uh, scientific advances, you know, real science, technological breakthroughs rather than technological refinements or even technological downgrades in order to protect the environment, which is much, 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 much cleaner than it was when I was last with these guys uh, 50 years ago. And so I want to I want to take a, a a really kind of specific angle on this. What I'm trying to get at here is it's clear that that the nation has bound itself to uh, an ideology or a, a allowed itself to be bound to an ideology that is determined to stop the, the, the genuine definition of progress, which, which is the, de the definition I grew up with. And what I really want to do here is I want to avoid being pessimistic because one of the many thunderbolts that have hit me over the last several years is that how much of that is a self-fulfilling prophecy? How much of that sense of, well, our best days are over means your best days are over. Um, I have had a, a real uh, extensive uh, overhaul of of how I look at things in the last month or so, um, and I think that the that the only way really to get out of the absolutely real troubles we have is to is to redevelop that sense of optimism and can do and you know yeah it's a serious serious problem going to the moon's a serious problem too making an airplane that big fly three times faster than the speed of sound that's also a serious problem the thing about the Air Force Museum is it encapsulates. Not just what America can do, but what human beings can do when they when they are mentally unfettered, when they have no constraints on on their imaginations, or in, in at least in the case of the military, their budgets either. Miraculous things that were done fifty years ago. The the B seventy and the X fifteen are both much closer to the Wright brothers than they are to us today. And I don't want to fall into that pit of all where it's all over and look at how you know how far we've fallen. I want to I want to try to isolate what it is that we think that is. Why have we allowed this sort of parasitical uh, 
you know, restraining left-wing philosophy take not only the progress out of life, but all the fun out of it too. And not just, not just how did it happen, but what can we do about it? Oh, what we can do about it has always been right under our nose, man. But, uh, you know, there's, there's the issue where it's like you kind of you have to work at it, you know, and people, mm -hmm. I think people, uh, they expect miracles where there's really kind of like not supposed to be one. There's, there's a, uh, that's sort of like self-initiative that you have to take, uh, you know, even, even uh, um, you know, there's this gratification or something like that that, that people want and, and they want this meaning. Uh, I think a lot of the, the, the progress uh, that people are that that you know that you're talking about has been replaced by uh, some sort of fulfillment that can't come from you know technology. Technology is even being used to like try to find some sort of fulfillment or some sort of meaning to their life. Uh, That's a great and, point. Yeah, you know, and and they're they're left so empty. They're left so broken. Um, you know, but like I said, there's this gratification that they're looking for. Heck, man, even our even our creator, man, who has the power to to to, to be instantly gratifying, doesn't even do that himself. It's like every, whatever he does, there's a there's a there's a a, um, a process to it. Um, so, and, and we're made in that image of where we're supposed to have a process, you know, to how we do things. There is a progression to how we do things, and but we we now we're in this generation where uh, we've been conditioned for you. You're 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 just not supposed to be bored, and you're not supposed to be lonely, and you're not supposed to. Uh, you're you're just supposed to believe in yourself, you know, and and all these sorts of things. We've made idols into ourselves, yet we can't fulfill ourselves, and that just gets into this feedback loop of where we just cannot be fulfilled, and it leaves us in a in a this state of arrested development, just going around in a circle of arrested development mentally. Uh, not, I'm not saying like mentally challenged per se, but it's like it's it's mentally handicapping. It's it's emotionally handicapped, it's leaving people emotionally crippled. And when you have all these kind of things uh, that are that are working against these wonders that we could be, you know, that we could be making. I mean, I guess it stands to reason why I guess we hadn't been to the moon you know, for 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 so hadn't been back to the moon for, uh, for so long. One of the reasons that I'm so such a fanboy of, of SpaceX and Elon Musk, despite whatever faults he may have, and there's certainly some of them. Mm -hmm. Is because Elon Musk and SpaceX to me are living evidence that this that this has not left us, that it's not something that has died. It's just something that has been suppressed and something that is that remains very strong in the American um uh psyche and 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 uh and in our genes, basically. What Elon Musk and SpaceX are doing is not the the China the nation of China can't do it. The nation of Russia can't do it, the European Union can't do it. And the United States government can't do it. It is an American thing that, that that SpaceX is doing. He's doing the same kind of thing that that would end up and will end up in the Air Force Museum. Burt Rutan did the same thing 20 years ago with his spaceship one thing. He wanted to go to space, built a spaceship and did it. Mm -hmm. I think that the point you made about technology is really important because when I look at technology today, it seems like all of these devices are are used to replace our sensors, our, our sensory interaction with the world. So now our friends are friends that we have on devices. They're not friends we have face to face. And, and now if we want to see something, the Grand Canyon or whatever, we'll watch it on YouTube. And so the technology is replacing that fundamental human experience of experiencing things. Back in the in the 1960s, in this golden age, technology was much simpler, much simpler. 
but the technology was used not as a as an end, but rather as a means to an end. We're not going to just revel in our computer technology and use it to play games or watch porn or whatever we're going to do with it. We're going to use the technology because in the real world, we want to fly faster than, we want to fly three times the speed of sound. We want to go to the moon. And when you talked about this idea of, of we becoming our own idols, it seems to me that we have also become a cult of technology, that we worship technology, that, that, that the device is our new god. And that's why whenever there's an iPhone 13, people line up to get the iPhone 14 and the newest graphics card and the newest this. And, oh, look at this game. This game's graphics are so, so much better. Yeah. When they say the graphics are so much better on this new game, it universally means it's so much closer to reality. And reality is out there all the time. And I think we, <laughs> we have gone from using technology as a tool to enhance our actual human experience and made it into a golden calf. Mm -hmm. Or you know a golden chip, if you want, and 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 worship the technology for technology's own sake, and I think that's a big mistake. It is a big mistake, man. It's and and because we see people have made a religion, you know, out of science. The science is settled for whatever it is that they want to be able to call science. Uh, you know, this lesson was learned to us like right in the beginning pages of the Bible. Look, here's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Here's the tree of life. Long story short, Adam and Eve leaped over, leapfrogged over that tree of life to get to the tree of knowledge. And it's like, look, you can't, you're associating knowledge with power. I got that. If you go down that road, your, your, your connection, your human connectivity is going to erode. It's going to decay. You will forsake life. What we're doing right now, the state that the world is in, this global rubber room, man, this ain't living. This ain't how no, we're supposed not. to be. But you got no, people. It, oh, sorry. I was just going to say. I was just I'm sorry, I interrupted you. You got people, you know, just constantly swiping, scrolling, trying to get get the inside scoop on it. They just want to be in the know and they just want to be fortified with knowledge, whatever it is. Whether the knowledge is trivial or whether the knowledge is academic or whether the knowledge is this or that, whichever. They just want to be fortified with being in the know of something, the latest gossip, whatever. They just want to be in the know, good or evil. They just want to be in the know. And more and more... Life is just becoming cheaper. And, and like I said earlier, it's like it's just in the pursuit of I don't want to be bored, you know, and, and you know, but uh, I mean, I, I can go on. But I know that you got you got uh, something that you want to drop in there. Uh, let's have it. Well, you 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 were uh, I just picked up on something you were saying. And, and I have a tendency when you say something, it just rings a bell. I just want to go out <laughs> and, bring, and ring it back. Uh, back in 2019, I went to Oslo for about four or five days and Norway is without question the best-run country I've ever seen in my life. Mm. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, everybody is not only seem re relatively happy, there's no crime, there's no graffiti, there's no trash, there's no homeless. Everybody's fit, by the way. I mean fit, fit. Mm. And I looked at this and I said, why is it that I don't want, that I don't consider this to be the perfect end result for, for the kind of country I want? And, and I mean, no disrespect to the Norwegians. I have the highest possible respect for them, especially with what they did in World War II. But I went out to dinner with a couple of Norwegians and I said, I got to tell you, this, this, this model of socialism under certain circumstances really works well. And they did not like being called socialists. They didn't like that at all. Mm. Norway is Norway because it has enormous cash income from the North Sea oil reserves. But, but, but here's my point. When I, when I tried to think about what it was about Norway and Oslo that was, that was it was, certainly wasn't repellent to me. It's just not the road I wanted to go down. The only way I could describe it was it seemed to me like it was the 
the like the perfect game preserve for humans. You know, everything's everything's controlled, everything's managed, everything is is well taken care of. It's well managed, manicured, it's groomed, it's self-contained from cradle to death. That everything's covered. And I and I I looked around and I said to myself, there's no. I didn't want to say there's no individuality, although I certainly felt that. I felt like there was no. I don't know what the purpose of living on a on a on a on a farm is, you know, as livestock. And again, I mean, no disrespect for the Norwegians at all, but that was generally the sense I got that 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 all of this turmoil we see around us here in America, this constant, you know, interplay and yelling and screaming and 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 obviously violence and 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 big problems like homelessness and all the rest of it. There's a vibrancy there. There's a there's a, a an electricity there, and that electricity has always been to me a result of all of these different people from around the world coming together and having this gravitational attraction of this idea of America, against which their individual cultural identities are pushing. And you get a you get a, a nuclear reactor out of that. What the left seems to be doing is is well, it's clear they're trying to divide away the idea of America. So that if we think of ourselves as individual pieces, the thing flies apart. But the dynamicism of this culture is what creates everything. I mean, really, it's just all around the world. Uh, you know, you, you see people in China wearing, you know, they're wearing Eagles, you know, Philadelphia Eagles, uh, you know, jerseys. I mean, we, we don't wear we don't wear shirts with with Chinese characters on them. We don't know who their movie stars are. I know this is a lot to, to bite off here, but looking at the Air Force Museum and seeing what we are capable of when we are unchained to the floor astonished me. And instead of depressing me, it motivated me to find out what it is. Because one thing I am certain of is that whatever we're chained to, we chained it, we chained ourselves to it, and that means we can unlock it. And that's what I'm interested in, not only today, but going forward. What what did we allow? How did we, it, it, how's not important? What are we chained to now? We did it to ourselves. And how do we undo it? Do you have any ideas on that? Indeed, man. And I want to say really quick, I don't know, man, like, but Chinese, uh, Chinese culture is, is, is kind of big in America. I mean, a lot of us grew up on Kung Fu theater, man. <laughs> we love that stuff, man. And, uh, but I know, I know what you're saying. It's, it's unlike any name, place. Name five, name five Chinese movie stars. And uh, and and Jackie Chan doesn't count. <laughs> June Fon. Okay. Do you know June? who that is? No. That's Bruce Lee. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> I wait a minute. I mean, I, I, I hope I hope that's I hope that's his actual name. I'm about to say it's been a long time since I've. I've Was he Taiwanese? I you know I I don't remember. I think Jackie Chan was. Anyway, you get my point. Right? So, <laughs> uh, Bolo Young. Uh, how about uh, let me see, uh, Donnie Yen, uh, Jet Li, uh, Jet Li, I'm, I'm, I'm Jet more, Li. Yeah, more more of some contemporary names. And but uh, all that to say, and people can be like, "So, what kind of martial artist are you, man? You can name, I'm sure you can name some deeper names than that." It's like, okay, you put me on the spot. But <laughs> we all know that we all know that Chuck Norris can defeat all of them while he's sleeping. You know, with just by a flick of his toe, <laughs> pushes the earth down when he yeah, does a push yeah, up. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but okay, so I, I I wonder, Bill, in this time, man. What can we imagine? What 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 else can we imagine that 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 we could do 
Uh, I mean, and ev evidently what it is that we're trying to imagine is going to take a lot more time. It's going to take a lot more money. It's going to take more resources and stuff like that. I mean, our ambitions have, have, have they've, they've really grown. I mean, as the saying goes, man, we, we for uh, thousands of years, man, the horse was like the standard of travel. You know, mm -hmm. and then, you know, the steam engine and boom, we, we're going to, the, you know, we're, we got rockets, right? Right. So now the next frontier of, you know, how we're going to travel, you know, from, you know, going from continent to continent, you know, crossing the seas, that's one thing. Now, now we're going to travel, you know, the vacuum of space. It's like, okay, that's going to take a lot more money, resources, and, you know, very few people, the, 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 um, the the population of, of people shrink down in terms of like who has the resources or who's able to uh, gather the resources to be able to do that. And I mean, this is a kind of thing, you know, even if we're talking about space travel, you know, I, I may not be as much of an enthusiast about it as you are, but I, I do mm -hmm. have my fascinations. But I know that it's been a fascination for a long time. You know, we like we see these depictions of of uh, ancient, ancient writings, you know, where where they've got. Uh, you know, they may have been visited by, you know, people from other planets and stuff like that. And they show like the the, the ancient um, uh, landing strip. And I'm like, I, that's that's sensationalism stuff to me, by the way. That stuff is sensational because if these people have the, you know, the technology to repulse, you know, gravity and stuff like that, what do they need a landing strip for? They got VTOL and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and people and, you know, the thing is, if we're here for another thousand years, you know, that generation may say the same thing about us in the 21st century. See, they had hyperdrive and space shuttle because they're going to look at our movies like Star Wars and stuff like that and say, see, they had that technology. No, we didn't have that technology any more than those cave people did who were drawing pictures of you know spaceships and stuff like that. They had that in their imagination. It may be of something that they wanted to aspire to, but they didn't have that technology. And we don't have that technology now. All that to say... For those thousands of years, look how long it's taken. And it may take us a long time to get to this next frontier of a of this breakthrough in technology that we're that we're, the, the freaking hoverboard. You know what I'm saying? Who knows? Yeah, how yeah, long yeah. Everyone wants a real hoverboard. Before yeah. we get to the hoverboard where we actually have control over gravity and stuff like that. That may be the next leap, and it's just a long time to get there. And in the meantime, the road to get there is gonna be filled with these pursuits of things to try to to satisfy us you know what what is it going to take to 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 get this this uh content state of uh satiety that that we're trying to get to what's that going to take i mean i already know what it is i mean i've already read the word it says look man you drink for me you ain't gonna be thirsty no more you eat mm -hmm. of what i'm bringing to the table you ain't gonna be hungry anymore i know that feeling now i i know what it has been like to stop pursuing a dream or a goal and you're trying to satisfy something broken in your life, something uh, that has left you empty, you know, where you're lonely or some sort of emotion. I've, I've been there, man. I, I, I know what that's like. And, you know, or in trying to go to different philosophies or go to different religions, you know, trying to find or, or flipping drugs or other debauched things to try to fill this void in your life. And, you know, that's why the Lord says, man, if you if, I know you're hungry. I know you're thirsty. You drink from me, you will not be thirsty again. Of course, we're going to be thirsty and stuff like that. But you won't be wandering the desert looking for this oasis to find something to drink or find something to eat. You didn't found it. Now, go ahead and live your life, pursue your dreams, experience frustrations and all that sort of stuff. But you won't be consumed anymore by emptiness and loneliness and brokenness and, and, and frustration and all that sort of stuff. 
You won't be consumed by these things, the hate, the strife, the all that sort of stuff that's making seem the world seem so small and closing in on you and all that sort of stuff. Eat from me, drink from me from what I'm bringing to the table and those things won't consume you anymore. Well, there's just so much there. Just to unpack them for the for my my clothes here. First of all, one thing I I'd never really thought about until many 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 times on the show. I, there are things you say I never really thought about before. But but the God of the Bible um, is an optimist. <laughs> yeah, he says, "Be fruitful and multiply. The world is your dominion." God God didn't say. Yes, you can go out there, but don't touch anything. You know, that's it. He, 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 he didn't put velvet ropes around creation and he didn't scold us or admonish us to just kind of stay there like the rest of the animals and, and don't get out of line. It, it is a, it is an optimistic view of humanity that basically says the world is your oyster. I created it that way. And, and all of this is yours. Don't trash it, but for, but, but God's not saying, Look, but don't touch. That that's interesting to me. When I when I think about this this nature of this poison, the number of people who believe the Earth is flat is increasing every day. The number of people who believe the moon landing was fake, I think, probably is in excess of fifty percent by now. Wow. And people, like you said, people look at the Great Pyramid at Giza and think it's impossible that that could have been built by humans. There had to be somebody else that arrived in a flying saucer and used anti gravity to build this thing. Because their confidence in in humanity, in humans, has been eroded so much that they can't understand that while the pyramids are a miraculous piece of work, millions of those stones, it was done by hundreds of thousands of humans pulling ropes for, for decades. And that's what you can accomplish when you believe you can, when you have the vision. And, and I think the final thing I want to say about this is this... This idea of of our our reach exceeding our grasp is something that that feels like it, it is right. It's like it feels like the right thing for for us to be doing, at least for Americans to be doing. When you look at these technological wonders, and you ask yourselves, why are we not doing these things anymore? It's because we've lost confidence mm. as a society and especially as a species in what we are and what we're capable of. we The left has made us ashamed to become human, ashamed to be humans. We're a cancer on the planet. World's going to die any second now because of us. We better all just go away. And this is what they use to destroy America and, and, and Western self-confidence. But when you look at what we're capable of, I just want to stress this is so important because I talk about space and aviation all the time, but this isn't limited to space or aviation. It, it involves every aspect of our lives. What we are capable of doing is so amazing that I think the biggest single issue that has caused this sort of uh, temporary malaise is the idea that when they started putting it into kids' heads that, you, that, you, that everybody gets a trophy, right? That nobody comes in first. We're not going to keep scores on baseball games because we don't want the people to lose to feel like their self-esteem is being hurt. If there's ever if there's ever a collaborative enterprise, it's building a B-70 or building a, 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 a starship heavy, 
That takes lots and lots of people working together, but every one of those people are motivated internally to be the best that they can be. And just to wrap this up, as usual, I often get interesting ideas on the way to work. And I was looking at this YouTube video about one of the Navy's recent recruiting ads, U.S. Navy. And basically they were saying uh, this, uh, this well, I don't know what he was, a chief petty officer or something. This, this guy who's the supply uh, uh, you know, uh, chief for this particular fighter squadron is also a drag queen. And then they show him as a drag queen. He's winking at the camera. And this is how they're going to recruit people into the Navy. And I'm, and I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, no, if I'm going to recruit people in the Navy, what I'm going to do is I'm going to show carrier operations in zero visibility. I'm going to see these enormous jets coming out of the fog at a tenth of a mile, 150 knots, slamming onto a deck. And I'm just going to show a bunch of these things and all these people working together, doing difficult, dangerous things. And the narrator is going to say something to the effect of, if it was up to me, there's not one in 200,000 people that can do what this is, what, what these men are doing. Landing on an aircraft carrier in, in bad visibility is the most dangerous, difficult, gutsy thing that human beings are ever able to do. And virtually no one can pull it off. But maybe you can. Something along those lines, right? Because that's the spark that has to be lit is that is that you have to have that spark of, am I good enough to make varsity? And when you light that spark, especially among this gene pool, then you end up with things like 60-year-old, 50-year-old Mach 3 bombers that are flying at 85,000 feet. And if you squash that and you tell everybody that we're nothing – and, and we all did this together and we're going to average all the grades. And we're not even going to have grades anymore because grades are blah, 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 all that stuff. You are extinguishing that spark. That's not just a spark that drives technological progress. It's a spark that keeps people alive. It, it, that, that spark allows them to have a life of fulfillment. If you, if you pinch that out, people are going to be the way people are starting to look like now. Hopeless, helpless searching for something that they will never find, looking at the technology to make them happy, when what they really need is they really need a, a challenge that brings out the best of them. Because as the ancient Greeks said, the ultimate form of happiness is using all of your abilities to their maximum power. And that's what I saw in Dayton, Ohio. And that's what we're going to see again in this country if I have to do it myself. Uh, that'll do it for this edition of, well, when I say myself, I mean with Zoe and, and with your help, because this show is made possible by the members at BillWhittle.com who are believers in what this country is and was and will be. And if you want to be part of that uh, adventure, then we'd love to have you go over and become a member right now. For Alfonso Rachel, I'm Bill Whittle. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on The Virtue City. 